Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to two of the Lombardi line. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings. We are live on VSIN and DraftKings Network, coming to you from coast to coast. Stormy Bonantoni here at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi out there at his office in Ocean City. And, Michael, the franchise tag window has officially opened today. Teams will have until March 5th to decide whether or not they want to tag a player this, this offseason. We will have your top five offseason coaching hires that will hit this hour. We'll We'll talk about a bunch of front office franchise tag free agency stuff with another former NFL GM, Randy Mueller, who's going to join us in a little bit as well. But where we're going to start this hour is in addition to it being franchise tag and free agency, most it is lying season, <laughs> yeah, which so everyone good. loves so much. So they lie, lie, lie. <laughs> this is your favorite time of year, obviously, I'm sure. We should have like a picture of 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 uh Frank Pantangeli as the guy who, you know, remember in Godfather 2 where he's in the front of the Senate subcommittee, he lies, 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 you know, <laughs> all lies, you know, he's talking about what he told the FBI. That's that's what we're dealing with. Lies, lies, lies. Everybody's lying. And it's good. You know what? We had Ash Wednesday. Everybody went to confession and you get absolution. You can lie because as the great George Costanza says, is it really a lie if you believe it, Stormy? I love it. Uh, there are a lot of let's let's just call them narratives. There are a lot of narratives <laughs> out there, and so similar to what You're we so do, nice. similar to what we do with the news or noise exercise, I want you to tell me which lives you think we should actually take a little belief and stock into, and which one are just total fiction. Get it out of here. Um, let's start with your one of your absolute favorite topics in Justin Fields and that Mike Tomlin loves this kid. Also that the 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 Bears can get a haul for Justin Fields. Where do you sit on this top headline? Well, it's hard to say whether Tomlin likes him or not, because I didn't ever ask Mike Tomlin that question. But I can't imagine that Mike Tomlin is expressing love for a player that he's never really coached and nobody from that bear staff has been there uh now you know they hired arthur smith and you know maybe arthur did more work on him because he was from georgia but my sense of it is is that it's probably i think he's intrigued with fields's talent more than loving him right there's a difference right you can be intrigued and curious about whether he could succeed and see what he does, because there's times where when he's running around, it's like, wow, he's hard to defend. But in, pers- in keeping it in person, that's different than loving. Loving yeah. means you think he can win against everybody. And I'm not sure. I think this is a little bit of a let's call this a fabrication, a white lie, if you will. OK, I like that. Let's let's stay on the Bears train because Bears president Kevin Warren had some comments about Justin Fields as well. I think it's pretty interesting. Let's hear it. Well, I'm a um, supporter of Justin you know, because I got a chance to work with him when I was commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. He is incredibly talented. Uh, he is smart. Uh, he works hard. And uh, he wants to be a great NFL football player. Um, and, and so now he just needs to make sure that he has the support around him. He's working hard. And then I would love to see him, you know, this offseason, 
make sure he's totally healthy going into the season next year. Justin has a rare combination of intelligence, of size, of strength, and speed. You forget how big of a, of a man he is until you're up on him. He's not a small man. And, um, and so I just think every year he's going to continually get better. Um, and um, so I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. Meanwhile, um, in addition to it being lying season, it's also unfollow season. And Justin Fields has since unfollowed the Bears on right. social media. But what did you right. take away from Kevin Warren there? I mean, short of taking a billboard out on the on the freeway coming in from O'Hara to downtown Chicago, it's an advertisement. He's promoting the player, which is his job, right? He's saying all the great things about the player, which you would expect coming out of Chicago. And, and you know, the follow-up question is, well, if he's so good, how come we're not going to sign him or keep him? And then he would have said, well, that's not my decision. I leave that to the football people. I I, I give them the opportunity to make that decision. So... Look, I, I think it's it's what he has to do. You know, he reminded us that he was the commissioner of the Big Ten. He reminds us about his time with them. And it really was on script. It was almost as if he had a speechwriter write that for him. And I think it's outstanding. But to me, no one's going to believe it because, you know, that's what he's paid to do. He's paid to endorse things that happen all Chicago. I feel bad that this is turning into like the Justin Fields hater segment, but we have one more in lying season uh-uh. that involves the current Bears quarterback. And it's his former offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, who now is here in Vegas with the Raiders. And he has made a lot of outward comments about how good of a player and person Justin Fields is, as well as praising Aiden yeah. O'Connell. Are we to believe what Getze has publicly shared about these two young quarterbacks? I don't think if we if he was under an examination of a lie detector that that wouldn't have bleeped up in a different direction. I think he's being very kind. He's like you, you know, he's being very kind. He doesn't want to make anybody mad, you know, and he's saying, I'm excited to work with Aiden O'Connell, which I'm sure is true. Yet he's watched the same tape I've watched and he knows that it's not there in terms of they need a quarterback. I mean, let's be clear. And now it may be Aiden and he could take a giant mother may I step forward and become a good player, but he cannot watch the tape of O'Connell and say and say with unbelievable certainty that he liked what he saw on the passing game because there's still some coaches that were there last year that were involved with the offense. So and I know kind of where that's going on the on the fields thing. Look, there's the public Luke and there's the private Luke. The public Luke is going to endorse them. The private Luke is going to be what the actions are taken. And if the Raiders are not fully vested uh, to the mattresses on Justin Fields, then we know how he feels. Yeah, uh, people just love to draw those connections. And uh, the Raiders are in a very interesting situation, a position with their quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get released. He had the PED suspension that voids a lot of those dollar bills on his contract. So they'll have the financials to go out and get somebody should they choose. It'll just be interesting to see who that ultimately ends up being. Stick with the quarterback position, though. J.J. McCarthy got obviously a lot of love from his former head coach at Michigan in Jim Harbaugh saying, don't be surprised if he goes no. Number one overall, okay, I would, be, I, I would be surprised. But there has been a lot of love actually coming out about J.J. McCarthy since the season ended. Are we to believe that J.J. McCarthy is closer to the Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels conversation than he is the Bo Nix, Michael Penix, et cetera? I, I think this might not be a lot. And I think, look, the, the value of scouting is you've got to be able to see a player and project them. Right. You've got to be able to see talent and project him forward. Now, what Harbaugh said is hard to say that he's better than Caleb. But if he were in that offense where it was throwing all the time, maybe he'd be different. But here's where I think you've got to take serious consideration and stock into J.J. McCarthy. And I have no skin in this game whatsoever. But you put on his third down tape. And that's the one tape you want to watch on all the players at quarterback position. Why? Because the game is faster on third down. Daniel Jones on third down isn't the same player as Daniel Jones on first down. Ryan Tannehill, it's the same thing. When the game becomes third down and things start moving around at a different speed, like we saw in the in the Super Bowl, all of a sudden you've got to make really good decisions. You've got to be quick-minded and quick-footed. And McCarthy was very good on his third down tape. If you just go through that tape, he's very good. 
finds a way to make plays. He's athletic. His arm is strong. He's got a lot of things teams are going to want to work on. You know, Matt Manchurian, we had him yesterday on. Matt Akorian, we had him on yesterday. And, you know, he said he thinks he's going to go in the first round. No, I think Matt probably undersold that. I think he's going to go in the top 10, if you want to know the truth. I think he's going to at least the top 15, because I think people are going to gravitate towards his personality and his skill set, right? He's got a lot of things going for him. And, uh, you know, I say this. If Tua was the fifth pick overall in the draft, why can't McCarthy be a high pick? I'm very curious to see as those meetings go on, the combine beyond that, how people start talking about J.J. McCarthy and if he does continue. We we know that you hate the climbing the draft board and the falling. I know you yep. don't like that terminology, but um, I'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Instead of climb, I'll just say where he ends up. Um, how about this one? Because the, you know I'm all in on trying to track what's going on with the 49ers and their defensive coordinator search. I haven't seen anything really tangible yeah. come up yet, but all I keep hearing is that Brandon Staley is the need to hire. How do we feel about this narrative? I'm not sure that's correct, right? I mean, because look, one thing we do know, the Niners have to be compliant with the Rooney rule. They're going to have to interview minority candidates for the job. So eventually we're going to start to hear names that are coming in. My sense of this is probably Kyle took a week off. You know, this week he'll take some time off, kind of whether he goes to Cabo and spends time with his dad or, you know, he just hangs around with his kids. But when he comes back, I think that's when they're still going to start bringing people in for the interview. And until they comply with the Rooney rule, they're not going to hire anybody. I, I don't see the Staley scheme fitting into what they do. There's no evidence to say that they play good defense down in San, down in Los Angeles. I mean, Kyle would have to be sitting there saying, well, you know, I think we can become a better defense because he'll make us better. There's no evidence of that. Now, you know, he's going to, could he hire him? I don't know what their relationship was. McVay didn't bring him back. He hired from within. He hired from within. He could have easily brought him back to replace, to replace, uh, to replace, uh, uh, Raheem Morris, who went to Atlanta, he chose to stay within the framework and hire Mike Shula uh, or Chris Shula, I should say, who is his college roommate. But to me, I, I, I'm not sure of that one. That one to me seems a little bit of the analytical community pushing him for that job. It would not be my ideal candidate, but I'm hoping that we start to get some leaks, maybe after he, he comes back from Cabo or wherever the heck uh, Shanahan is right now, to your <laughs> point, that we start getting a little bit more information because that's obviously going to be a critical hire. There's so much talent oh, on huge. on field talent, and you need to get the right fit if there's anything that we learned from the Steve Wilkes experience this past year. Um, we're going to take a quick time out. We will continue our NFL conversation regarding the offseason with former NFL GM Randy Mueller, who's going to join us next, get some of his thoughts on the franchise tag window and free agency. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We know you've been busy with football, which is why our VSEN experts have just released our free NBA at the break betting primer, getting you all caught up. You can get our free guide today and bet the NBA smarter with futures bets you can make right now. Eastern and Western Conference analysis plus betting tips for the rest of the year. Visit VSEN.com slash guide to get your free copy today. That's VSIN.com slash guide. Now, even though we're caught up in this gap between the Super Bowl and the Combine, front offices are hard at work planning for ways to build up or maintain their current rosters. Nobody knows that better than you, Michael, and people that have sat in that seat, which includes our our next guest who joins us here, Randy Mueller, former NFL GM and executive of the year winner, covers the league now as an analyst and writer for The Athletic. For you, Randy, with the franchise tag window opening, like what's a day like today signal for, for former GMs and people that are sitting in that chair currently? Oh, I definitely think plans for for 2024 have already been underway. But at this time, I think it officially kind of opens the window. Um, I don't think many are tied up with the franchise tag decisions at this point. They've got, I believe it's 15 days to make those calls. They may have uh, brought a few people in the loop to gather some more information. But I think the league year, for the most part, is, is in full swing already. And there's already, as Mike can tell you, behind the scenes communication going. So it's it's kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. And teams are trying to get like Miami, 50 million over the cap. I mean, do you think that, you know, Miami, obviously they need Wilkins back. He was a huge part of what they do. Who do you think of these defensive linemen, which rarely make it to the market? Who do you think will make it to the market, Randy? Well, that's a tough one because I see that being the strength of free agency, Mike. And I don't know how many of these guys are going to get tagged. You've got the Hunter kid in Minnesota. You've got Josh Allen in Jacksonville. And you've got Burns in Carolina, all top-notch pass rushers. But you mentioned Christian Wilkins, and there's a, a guy in the Baltimore that'll have something to say about this. But Wilkins brings a little different skill set. And as you know, those guys are really hard to find. The guys that can play five technique and three technique and, and still are athletic enough to rush the passer somewhat inside, I think those are your hot hottest commodity to find. So I can't imagine a, a 300 pound plus guy not getting the tag because as you know these guys are really hard to find and we also know a lot of teams use the franchise tag as that placeholder to negotiate their long team term deal sometimes if they can't come to a deal they end up getting franchise tagged and traded i think of Devonte adams in 2022 are, are there any players that you think could be facing that situation this offseason that come to mind well i think that's always the case and you're right but i do think that the, the the numbers that are negotiated uh, get a floor put on them when you do tag somebody. And that's the downside for a team to tag them. Let's just say it's a receiver, and, and I'm just throwing this number out there, and it's $23 million or whatever. That means they're going to start to negotiate the other side is at mm-hmm. that number. So it's crazy. Um, I, I think maybe a guy like T. Higgins makes some sense to be tagged and traded. I don't you know, know that there's going to be a giant market for him coming off of this season when he was hurt. I think Speed always gets paid, as Mike can tell you, and, and I don't know that T. Higgins showed that he has that extra gear to, to, to for somebody to throw a ton of money at him like Tyreek Hill got. Or, you know, I just I don't know that that's going to happen. The other problem in Cincinnati is if you tag him, you've got to find a way to pay the Mar- Jamar Chase at the end of this deal as well. So um, I don't know that you can pay two guys like that. So I think that's probably the, the spots to look are teams that are tagging somebody 
but yet another deal that's coming up won't allow them to actually make a long-term deal with the T. Higgins. No question. And so let's talk about the guy who benefited more than anybody on being tagged, the great Kirk Cousins. What would you do with Cousins here now? There's obviously, there's a report, and I don't know if it's true because we're in lying season, that the Vikings (laughs) aren't willing to give him a guaranteed, a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, but what would you do if you're Minnesota? They they seem to be in the in the worst place to be. They don't have an answer behind them, and they're not sure they want to go forward. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're in a tough spot because you're right. They're going to have to overpay to keep him. I, I would not be surprised if they don't guarantee his deal. I mean, you're talking about coming off Achilles surgery now and, and being a year older. Even though Cousins played really well last year, the Vikings kind of are, in my opinion, at a crossroads, right? They need other things. They need to get a uh, continue on this build. And I don't know that having Cousins is going to allow them to, to build the other parts of this team. So it's a little bit of a struggle for me. I think it all comes down to, like it always does, as options. And, and I'll just throw a name out there. Um, these 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 Baker Mayfield at 30 million or Cousins at 45 does that make any sense to you um there's some other guys who are viewed as backups around the league that maybe they're a bridge to a a draftable quarterback i think the key probably for me is, is how does kevin the head coach um how does he view these rookies per se the guys in the draft the jj mccarthy's not the top group of guys but the jj mccarthy's of the world or michael penix or even Bo Nix, does he feel like one of those guys is the guy that can be taken taken over in a year or so? And then you're probably looking at a bridge guy for a year. So they've got some muddier waters. It's not a clear-cut decision. Um, as we know, Kirk Cousins has played the business of football better than anybody. But at some point, <laughs> he's been the most polarizing guy in football as well for fans and for front office guys. So I think this decision is, is really a, a vision as to how we're going to go forward for three or four years. And Kirk Cousins is on that list of the top 10 2024 NFL free agents you put out on The Athletic yesterday. The top five, all those stud, top four rather, those stud defensive players you mentioned earlier in Brian Burns, Hunter, Matabuke, Chris Jones. But then we see Saquon Barkley. And last year was such an offseason of talking about running back contracts and everybody's disgruntled and unhappy. And now you've got Saquon and Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry potentially on the market. Are we going to go through this all over again? Well, there's definitely some drama involved when you throw these tags out there because feelings get hurt um, and, and that makes things tough, uh, at least on the outside. I don't know that we're affected by it a ton on the inside. We kind of let those uh, communication, those lines get drawn and we all know we're on the same page, usually with these players. So I think with the with, with what the Giants are doing, they've got a, a, they're another team that's got to continue to get better and, and build and I don't know that paying a running back that kind of money is going to be the answer for them going forward. I think in Barkley's case, he might be worth more to other teams than he is to New York. Because let's just say a, a team like the Chargers, where you're looking for a little culture change, can Barkley do for Harbaugh what he wants to, to preach about upstairs? Can he help him do that downstairs in that locker room where we know he wants to run the ball? We know he wants to, to be physical. Barkley can do all that. I think sometimes you're in the same spot for a long time. You get taken for granted a little bit, and maybe that's the case in New York. So I just think Barkley is a, a case where he might be worth more to others than he is to the Giants right now. Randy, what do you think the Bears, and this is just put your your hat on, GM hat. What yeah. do you think if you were in Chicago, what would you do with the first overall pick? We know that jo- Justin Fields, he's no longer part of the, you know, he, he deleted his social presence from the Bears. So, oh, <laughs> Oh, Gabe Davis just did it too, by the way. Okay, we well, we're, we're now we got two. Gabe Davis is done in Buffalo. I love this. It's like we're in third grade and we're not going to go to the playground. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so like, yeah. what would you do? What 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 would you do with that pick? And would you obviously would you extend Fields and keep them, or would you trade them? Well, I would have spent the last month gathering intel on Caleb Williams for sure, and I think the the, the football field part of his game is 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 something we all know about, and I think we all can agree on his talent level. I think it's the intangibles that once I'm comfortable with those intangibles, I don't have any question in my, my, my mind, Mike, I'm moving on. I'll try to find the best place I can to, to put Justin Fields and, and uh, get us the, the draft capital that comes with that. I frankly don't think it's going to be a ton, but I do think there are better spots for him. 
But I don't think the Bears can ever assume that they'll ever be up there again to pick in this stage. And I think Caleb Williams is good enough to where uh, two things. One, you can't pass on the talent level and, and how that, I think, sets you apart from a lot of teams. And two, the fact that you get to reset your contract at, at the quarterback position helps you build out the rest of your team as well. So I'm moving on. And, and again, nothing against Justin Fields, but Caleb Williams is my guy. You mentioned that potential compensation con, ugh, compensation for Fields. Mm. Like speaking of Lions season, who's feeding <laughs> Schefter the the thought that they can get a one for Justin Fields? Like, yeah. like where is that coming from? <laughs> yeah, that's coming from Fantasy Island, I think. And I'm with Mike <laughs> on that. It's completely craziness and but we know um media at this time of the year as much as any they are serving an agenda and i love adam we all do but there's i'd be shocked if they got anything beyond maybe a second round pick for justin Fields. so i don't see a first round pick coming never hurts to put that word out there it's all part of like mike said the line that the misinformation season it's definitely here and and nobody uses it more than the top media guys because they have to butter their bread on both sides. I get it. Randy, you're great. Thank you so much for taking some time today. Appreciate you, Randy. You bet. That's Randy Mueller, former NFL GM. You can also check out the Football GM podcast over there at The Athletic where he's writer, host, analyst, all of those wonderful things. Michael, what is the equivalent, like 1992 equivalent of getting off social media in 2024 for your team? What would that be? Oh boy, there was really nothing. Ninety-two was pretty quiet. I mean, you know, like I guess maybe stop going to Blockbuster. I mean, I think Blockbuster was big in ninety-two, right? We but that doesn't movies. affect your, your dollar bills with the team. We'll think this over in the break and get back to you. We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSEN experts have you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. You'll get our daily best bet emails, 24/7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide with bracket breakdowns, plus full access to everything we do at VSEN.com, including our exclusive betting splits on every game. VSEN.com/pro is where you can go to subscribe today. That's VSEN.com/pro. Join in the conversation with us on the Lombardi line, if you can, on X at M Lombardi NFL at Storm Bonantoni at Beeson Live, because I'm trying to get some some answers <laughs> as to what the <clears throat> 90s equivalent is to a, a professional athlete unfollowing his team on social media or scrubbing the team. We know Kyler Murray did it, Debo Samuel at one point. Now Justin Fields is unfollowing the Bears. Like, uh, what was it? Do you just go radio silent back in the day, Michael, with the, yeah. the Nokia phone? You just set it down and say, I'm not answering the phone anymore. I think in 92, we didn't even have cell phones, right? So I, I think it was like, you know, this number has been disconnected is what you would have heard. You know, it's like, okay, where did he go? Call his mama. Go to the notebooks. We got to go to the notebooks, right? So and good. get and go through the notebooks and find his home phone number from his college scouting report. Okay, here's his home number. Call that number and see if we can get him. You know, you laugh. Those notebooks, I mean, we didn't stop using notebooks I left the Raiders in 06, 07. We were still using notebooks. I mean, literally, Al Davis wanted to come in and read the reports out of the notebooks. And so, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of what you'd have to do. And, and you would just call the guy on the phone and then, oh, this number's been disconnected. Okay, call mama. Because one thing, mama knows where he lives. Mama knows what's yeah. going on. Mom's going to track him down and get that information. Yeah. Our, our wonderful producer, Elliot Bowman, was funny. He's like, when I think of 90s and that kind of stuff, I just think of Barry Sanders retiring via impersonal facts to the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see that too, right? The, when you, you know, the other thing is, is with this, it's funny. The, the 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 ringing of the fax. Oh, we're getting a fax, and everybody would run to the fax machine. You know, like all of a sudden we're getting a president. And sometimes it couldn't be good news. You know, you would hear that ring. Of course, that remember that ring. You know, but I think it was in mid '90s. That's when AOL started. You would have to dial up to get internet connection. Oh man, you're too young to remember. No, no, no. That. Don't bring me back to dial up because that noise is just like permanently ingrained in my brain. Of... Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then you, the oh, worst. we made it. We got in. Oh, we're in. Okay, good. Now um, we got in. All right, here we go. Mom, can you get off the phone? I'm trying to get on the internet here. All that <laughs> stuff. So, um, anyways, uh, you know somebody who probably did negotiate like that back in the day, going radio silent, Jim Harbaugh, who. Oh, yeah. You the have, captain? 
who you have put on your list as your number one of your top five off-season coaching hires. We're going to go through the list one through five, but we might as well start at the top where you think Jim Harbaugh was the best get for any team, and he goes to the L.A. Chargers. Why? Well, because they need toughness. They need mental and physical toughness, and they need an identity, right? They never really have had an identity uh, for a while. They've always tried to hire coaches and kind of gone the different route. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer probably, North Turner, they had a little bit of an identity there. But this is the first time that they've hired somebody who could kind of handle the L.A. market, if you will, right? I mean, he's a big name. You know, he could probably get a table over at Craig's in West Hollywood immediately, right? They know who Jim Harbaugh is. So uh, I I think it's huge. I think he gives them toughness, physicality, everything that they didn't have with Staley. Now, I think it's going to be a work in progress. The offensive staff is fascinating to me. He hired Mark Tressman, who was his quarterback coach, who was his first uh, coordinator when he became a coach at the Raiders. He's got Roman in there who Roman might have the title of coordinator, but then they've got Tressman for the passing game, Marcus Brady for the passing game. There's a lot of chefs in that offensive meeting room, which I think Jim likes. I think Jim wants to be able to be the guy that says, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's the way I want to do it and not give somebody all the authority to run it. Because we know if if Roman's going to run the offense, there's going to be a, and it's not going to be a passing game that's going to make Justin Herbert happy. And they kept Herbert's quarterback coach, so that makes him happy. Yeah, and for a franchise that has a lot of on paper talent, but hasn't had the winning, ha- hasn't had that translate to winning. I think his proven track record of turning around teams and organizations that have been struggling in recent history is important. This is a Chargers team coming off a 5-12 and season. We'll see if Jim can do with them what he did for the 49ers and for Stanford and San Diego and Michigan, everywhere that he has been since. Let's go to number two on your list. Uh, in the big D, where that defense will now fall under Mike Zimmer, uh, your yeah. number two higher this offseason. Is Zimmer replacing Dan Quinn in Dallas? Well, I mean, I think, look, Dan Quinn's a really good coach, and he kind of has his own way. And I think if you read some of the commentary that's come out about what happened there, Dan kind of was player's coach, player friendly. Zimmer is tough. Zimmer gives them some toughness. He'll give them soundness in the run game, something they haven't had. You know, I think Dan was always trying to rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, trying to move things around. Zimmer's a tough guy. He'll give them toughness, and then on third down, he'll give a, he'll give the offense a lot of problems. And I don't think Mike's lost his love of the game or lost his zip of the game. I think it's still going to be strong. He hired Paul Gunther to be his run game coordinator. Those two were in Minnesota. They were in Cincinnati together. So the scheme will fit the, the system. They'll get Parsons in a lot of different spots. I like this hire a lot because I think he's going to hold the players accountable in his unique style. Now, Will that work? We saw with Vic Fangio, they didn't like it down in Miami. Well, I think they're going to have to like it in Dallas. Yeah, and I I think about this Dallas Cowboys team and how early on in the season they come across as those bullies and those thumpers on defense, and they did have that physicality, but then it just slowly starts to go away, especially in the postseason where you want that to ramp up. That's when it was all but eliminated, and even Micah Parsons was talking about that Green Bay game where they just showed up tired. I think Zimmer will be important for them most in those critical games in the playoffs. Now, you mentioned Vic Fangio. He just happens to be number three on your list as he leaves Miami and heads out to Philly. Well, again, I think they need accountability on defense in Philadelphia. I think they need somebody who's going to command the room. And I think Vic will do that. Plus, Vic has had a working relationship with Nick Sirianni. He was helping him as a consultant. They're going to get sound. They're going to be complex on defense. And I think he'll get the defensive front in shape and and rely on that ability to rush the passer, which they didn't have. Two years ago, 60 of their 70 sacks came out of the uh, defensive front. Last year, they couldn't put that pressure on. So I like this hire. I think Philly needs some toughness. They need somebody to crack the whip on defense. Their defensive front, you look at Jordan Davis, you, you look at Carter, they all started strong. But by the middle of the year, they were not the same defense at all. They were slow, and they couldn't cover. I think Vic will change that. And Miami's defense under Fangio improved from 18th in yards allowed to 10th. And despite all the injuries that they had on that side of the ball, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league the back half of the season. Uh, Pete Carroll is out in Seattle, but you like his replacement coming over from the Ravens and Mike McDonald. 
You know, I do. I really like I don't know Mike McDonald, but I've watched him. I've read a lot about him. And I think he's got the right demeanor to change the the tenor a little bit. I think if they would have gone with somebody else along the Pete Carroll way, it would not have meant any change. And I think McDonald's a, a very curious coach. I think he understands what it takes to be good defensively today with multiplicity, but still have the ability to be sound fundamentally. Take a little bit of that Baltimore program, give them some toughness, and then try to get home field advantage back, right? They give up 170-some yards rushing to the Steelers. I think McDonald proved that he can get better – he can get the players to improve. Clowney had one of his best years for him. Van Noy comes off the Pat McAfee show and has a really good season. So – I like this hire a lot. I have a lot of hopes for McDonald to be a really good coach. I think the staff will be young. I think hiring Leslie Frazier gives him a, a calming voice of veteran presence that he needed. And I think that'll help him. I like Seattle's talent more than I like the way they played last year. I thought they underachieved Seattle. I really did. They should not have been as bad defensively as they ended up playing. Now, number five, I did not expect. We're doing a little NFL college football uh, crossover yeah. here. Wink Martindale no longer with the Giants. He's the defensive coordinator at Michigan as Jesse Minter follows Harbaugh to Los Angeles. And you really like that for the Wolverines. Well, I, I think, look, he's going to, it's going to, trust me, Ryan Day doesn't like it because he's going to get <laughs> blitz from all different places and he's not going to be able to handle it. Wink can do a great job of attacking the protections. And in college football, it's all about attacking the protections. They don't have enough protections. So I think this is a really good hire. I almost put Nick Saban here on ESPN because I think we hey. need his instructions. I think we need his voice, his expertise, his wisdom, right? I almost put him on this list, but I wasn't sure that the, the great producer, Mr. Elliott, would have allowed that. But I think Martindale's a great hire for them. Yeah, Elliot's, really Elliot's a tough grader, that's for sure. I know he is, I know. And so I feel like I'm back at the military academy getting graded by the general here. But the the, the thing about Martindale is, is I think he'll be able to relate to the players, even though he's an older coach. I think they'll enjoy, they'll embrace playing for him. And, you know, I know him really well. I like him, and I think it fits. And I think the Moore guy uh, Sharon Moore yeah. is really a good coach. I think he's, you know, I, he's humble. What I loved about him was how humble he was, and he's willing to take somebody with the vast experience to help him out. Michael, because I am your accountability partner, I because he did not make this list, don't know how much stock I can take in your hype of Arthur Smith being hired for the Steelers anymore, though. I will I will leave it at I, that. He was seven. He would have been okay. seven. If I had gone to ten, he'd have made the top ten. I was going to say, you're putting Saban on there before Arthur Smith. I'm not sure how much I can trust your opinion on that hire anymore. We'll be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. Remember, everybody, this week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're wrapping things up here today. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you. And thank you to those of you who have joined the conversation with us on social media about what is... The equivalent back in the day of people unfollowing their teams in contract <laughs> negotiations. Uh, I love this response from Scott C, who said in 92, players just wouldn't respond to the 911 message the team sent to their pager. Michael, you remember those days, the pager days. You know, it was so good. If you watch The Wire, Stormy, that show about inner city Baltimore, the drug trade, the police, you know, they're all going to their cell phones and they get beeped and then they got to go to a cell, they got to go to a, a, a I know this is going to be shocking. A payphone, right? Yes. Remember those? Nobody even knows what a payphone is anymore. So, yeah, I mean, I just think to me, it, you you could get all kinds of cut off information, and, and and then the agents, you know, agents had offices, right? So, like, if you wanted to negotiate with an agent, you, you either had to have his home phone number or his office had to be open. It wasn't until Rosenhaus, Drew Rosenhaus, really started the cell phone where he was available 24-7. That kind of gave him an advantage over agents. Like, you could get him at any time. You know, you call that 305 number, and you could get him. And he would answer because he had one of the first cell phones. I don't know if it was one of those big ones with the antenna sticking out or not, but you could get them. Whereas in the past, you know, well, the agent's not in. I left a message on a service. He'll call me back. Hopefully we'll get in touch. It was harder. I don't know how we got anything done, to be honest with you. I can't remember the name of like the type of the phone, but those like retro old phones that you have to do the circle to get the numbers to go down. Rotary. They're rotary called phone. rotary okay. phones. Right? So I saw a video on TikTok the other day of young high school kids that were trying to figure out how to use a rotary phone. And it was pure comedy, Michael, like could not do it. It took like five full minutes for them to figure out how you're supposed to dial a phone number. Um, well, so the time uh, How about when they would put the exchange in, like, so say they would put M M E. well, they would letter the exchange me6 4500 let's say well you had to go find the m on the phone and the u that instead of i don't know why they put numbers in there but that was the exchange i somebody have to give me the answer to that i can remember that like oh my god this is hard we're making this way harder than it has to be so good pay phones the only change i even have anymore is when i play blackjack and they give you the 50 cent piece so i, I don't even have quarters like that anymore what oh. a what a time how we have developed as a society technologically um and how teams have gotten better, Michael, as we continue our exit interviews. The Detroit Lions, one of those squads that significantly upgraded over the past year and a half. Um, so let's take a look at this, the the NFC South here um, and go through one by one. Let me pull it up really quick. Um, bop, 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 bop. Actually, we're going to do the NFC South instead. I thought we were going to do the, the Lions and Packers, but we already did that. And that is my we blonde that moment. Yesterday. That is my blonde moment for the day, Michael. Let's go to <laughs> the fine. NFC South, starting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the yeah. it still rings true. The improvement was there because everybody thought no more Tom Brady. Things are going to take a step back. The Bucs end up winning the division anyways, nine and eight. And, and they make it to the divisional round as well with Baker Mayfield. They got a figure out what they're going to do at quarterback moving forward. I know Mayfield has said that he would like to and plans to stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we'll maybe learn a little bit more here in the franchise tag window. But what was your evaluation of the Bucs and their potential next year? Well, I mean, look, they were in cap hell last year, right? And I think the worst thing they can do is go back to cap hell again, because, you know, they won five of the last six games, which got them in the playoffs, right? 
and then they beat the Eagles in a playoff game. But look, let's put things in perspective. Mayfield was good. He wasn't worth $50 million a year. And so he's going to become a free agent. Like, who's competing with you for Mayfield? you got to get the right contract on Mayfield. I thought what Randy said was really true. Randy Mueller said, you know, you've got to weigh your options a little bit here. Right? Yeah, you want Mayfield. He was great to your team. And you're not going to quibble over a million here or a million there. But if it's $10 million, now you've lost two players, right? So they've got to fix the quarterback and they've got to maintain discipline within the framework of their team, you know, because they are going to be in some kind of cap struggle. They've got to replace Mike Evans. And then they've got to find a way, Stormy, to run the football at some point. Last year, they averaged 3.4 yards a carry. They had eight touchdown rushing all year, which was a problem. They only had eight touchdowns rushing all year. So that meant every time they got in the red zone, it was on Mayfield, who's a six-foot quarterback, and he's struggling to see over the big lineman. Those are the areas that I think they've got to focus on. But the number one, if they overpay for Mayfield, now when his contract comes out that he signs, we're going to read about it. It'll be a lie what we read about. It'll be like, oh, my God, they just paid him 50, whatever it is. But until we can analyze the contract, it's got to be the right number for the team. Because if they overpay, it's going to take away from other players that they need. Yeah, you don't want to get yourself in a Daniel Jones situation over there in Tampa. Uh, Mike Evans, a free agent as well. How about the the Saints who, fun fact about Derek Carr, Michael. He's the only active quarterback to lose to 30 NFL teams facing a chance to make history this year because they're scheduled to face the Raiders and Panthers in 2024 that he could Stingin' is the only quarterback to lose to every NFL team. Just fun fact there. Anyways, what what mm-hmm. did you think of Derek Carr in his first year in New Orleans and what they need to do to become a contender in the NFC South next year? Well, I mean, it's classic Carr. Wins four of the last five games, scores 48 against Atlanta in a meaningless game, uh, though they did beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that they needed to win, so credit him for that. You know, average 7-1 per attempt, which is typically right around what he does because he's going to get rid of the football quickly. I think the Saints, who are the worst cap shape of any team in the league and been this way for the last four or five years, they're going to have to figure out a way to get their get their players get under the cap. That's number one. You know, they're going to have to figure out that and they're going to have to replace some of these guys are going to lose in free agency just by the nature of where they are cap wise. And they've got to find a way to generate some pass rush. I think one of the things that they really had a hard time doing when Grandison got hurt, he led their team in sacks. You know, they didn't have any rush. I mean, Demario Davis is their second leading rusher on their team. They're going to have to find defensive linemen. I know Dennis Allen knows this. He knows they need to improve the defense. And so they've got to be able to. They held opponents to 327 yards. Problem was there were so many times they got down the red zone, they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. It was the Saints and the Falcons who going into last season were talked about most as the teams that people thought were going to win this division. Obviously, that did not come to fruition. Atlanta ends up firing their head coach. Raheem Morris now will take over that job from Arthur Smith. Questions for them at quarterback as well. Um, What's your debriefing on Atlanta? Well, it's all about the quarterback. We finally, I mean, Fontenot came out. Terry Fontenot said, you know, he said this, you evaluate players every point in their career when he was asked about Justin Fields. That's why it's critical we go through free agency possible trades when evaluating every player. We look at the report from last year or this year's report. So to answer your question, we're going to evaluate everybody, which is telling me they're going to look for a trade. I think they think their team needs a veteran quarterback to get it over the hump as opposed to hoping they can get a rookie. I think they'll be in play on Fields. I really do. He's from the area. I think they feel like, you know, maybe they could make him into the six-back offense, single-wing type of quarterback. But finally, after a year of trying to kid themselves with Desmond Ritter, they've now, Fontenot, who was there last year, finally admits they need a quarterback. And then they've got to improve their defensive front. I mean, when you turn down a – when you turn down a – like, Randy Mueller, unprompted, said this on the show today about how hard it is to find three techniques, how hard it is to find five techniques, right? I mean, think about this. This front office took a running back, albeit a good one, over a, a three technique who could dominate a game. I mean, that's 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 a horrible sin to make, and that's why their defensive front isn't good enough. They masked it last year, but it's going to be hard. They lost four of the last five games, not because of their defense, but look, let's face it, when they went into Chicago in the cold weather, they had no interest in playing anything.
And to your point previously about fields, I think Atlanta would be the perfect landing spot for him. That's the team that I continue to come back to. Like sometimes a change would do you good. I think with the weapons that he'd have around him, take some of that pressure off, utilize his legs a little bit more. I would love that. Uh, Last one here, the Carolina Panthers, a lot more negative than positive to say coming off a two and 15 season, but a new head coach, new regime. Um, David Tepper, maybe trying to take his hands off a little bit. Is there any reason for optimism in Carolina? Well, yeah, there has to be. There's only one way but up, right? We can only go up. We don't have, we're not going anywhere, right? We're, we can't go any lower than we were last year, you know, and we won two games and we were in some games, had chances, but you got to feel like, okay, great. You know, this, this, we're going up. We can only go up. So I, I think, I think that's the selling point. If you're Dave Canales, you're saying, look, it's, we're going to get better. We're going to coach harder. We're going to get everybody on a line, not on the same page, but everybody aligned to reach the goals that we want to reach. And I think that's doable. Now, you know, you and I both felt like they weren't that bad two years ago, coming off a a year they could run the football, they were playing better defense, but it all went to hell last year. It's got to get better, Stormy. It's got to. Uh, and hopefully they can cash a few more tickets for us, too. If you were betting the Panthers, you went 5-11. and 11, Not much better than what their actual record was. Dave Canales, by the way, 20-1 to 1 for Coach of the Year this coming season. Michael, great show today. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Stormy. Good luck with your bets, everybody. Enjoy some college hoops today. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.